0: Am I on? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. Which piece of music would you choose? Do you know what came to, to mind immediately you said that? Was the Darth Vader theme from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I thought I could do the, um, uh, the, um, the... Do you remember the song? I don't remember the words. I was just trying to find the words quickly. The hip bone's connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bone's connected to something else. Because I'm talking this morning about the valley of dry bones from Ezekiel chapter 37. And just while I sort of loosen up a bit, having been introduced so dramatically, um, I did come here about 15 years ago, I think, to preach. I don't know whether... you, You might even have been here then, Angus. I think it was... You're yeah, my, you're yeah, my, and I preached, uh, and that was it. This is the first time I've been invited back since, and I noticed last week that Joseph has been invited back a lot quicker than I have. <laughs> In fact, I noticed a number of things about Joseph last week, because I, I, I listened to his preach. He preached a lot better here than he did at Beulah, <laughs> and Neil preached a lot better at uh, Forestdale than he did at Selstown. And I think that there's a trend here that the, because we're sort of sharing preachers and preachers, that the first time you get to preach the message, you don't do it as well as the second time. And this is my first time preaching this message here today. So I'm sorry about that. This is the kind of warm up. Um, but we're, we are, as uh, Angus mentioned, we're exploring ways of impacting Croydon for the gospel as a result of a closer relationship between Bueller and. Jubilee and at the moment we've also got another congregation in Forestdale and others are in our hearts and in your hearts so we can do more together than we can apart let's explore how that might best work for us and um, last week as we were driving down to Forestdale to host for Neil who was coming from Jubilee we passed uh, Ian, who was coming from South Croydon, into Beulah to host there, and today we drove past James's home, who's going to host at Beulah, while Trevor, who comes from uh, Pets Wood, is preaching at Beulah. But Trevor's about to move to uh, somewhere in Shropshire, and we do get the idea that despite lockdown, there's a lot of movement and a lot of activity in the church, And uh, that's quite exciting at times. It's quite draining, and it's quite encouraging. Uh, But God is definitely not stopped by coronavirus. The Word of God is never imprisoned. And uh, it's great to hear about alphas. It's great to hear about more people uh, who are logging into our services. And this morning, wherever you are in the world and whatever time zone you're in, thank you for joining. This is a moment when we're going to be considering the purposes of God, and uh, using particularly this, this uh, verse in, uh, or this passage in Ezekiel 37. How many of you have heard a sermon on the valley of dry bones before? Hands up. Quite a few of you. How many in the last 10 years? Oh, good, good, good. But I think the valley of dry bones was very, uh, a very common theme about 30, 40 years ago, when we were, or many of us from the churches that we're associated, were going through this sort of process of restoration. And I remember hearing Richard Hayden Knoll preach on this passage, and uh, he was talking about how the church had become dilapidated and disheveled and out of, out of sync with God and with the modern world and everything, really, and it was a bit embarrassing. And then he was moving to restore. And uh, like the Valley of Dry Bones, which we will get to in a minute and read the story, um, the bones were coming together, people were coming together, relationships were being formed. And then in the second part of the reading, uh, Ezekiel is told to prophesy to the wind, and the four winds uh, blow into this, uh, what was a, a graveyard, what is now like a mortuary, and becomes a mighty army filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, he likened those four winds, a bit allegorical for me really, but he likened them to the fourfold ministries from Ephesians, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, bringing their gifts in on this army in order to equip them to go and fight the fight of faith, to bring the purposes of God to their fulfillment. So when I was asked to speak on unity and working together and that kind of thing, this passage came to mind, and that's, uh, that's how I'm here this morning. I was told I could speak for about half an hour. It feels like I've been speaking for nearly that already, so thank you very much for coming. Um, Ezekiel 37 verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews on you, and I will cause flesh to come on you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling of the bones. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come on them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves, declares the Lord. Father, we thank you for this wonderful vision and we pray that you will give us some inkling of what you want to speak to us about through your word today and what you want to do with us individually and together as bones come together, as bodies come together, as the Spirit of God comes into us and breathes life into us and gives us a new sense of morale and confidence as we move forward in the purposes of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to um, summarize in a sense, I like to say in one sentence what I'm going to talk about. Because I think that some people, like me, like to know that. It helps me to know. I, I I like to hear preachers who know what they're going to talk about and know that they know what they're going to talk about and tell other people so that everybody's kind of on the same page, okay? So this is all I want to say to you this morning. Whatever you think about dead situations, God can turn things around, and that's it. Whatever you think about uh, about dead situations, God can turn them around, and we are living in a time when for us as a church, it's quite difficult, isn't it? It's quite difficult to do church, with masks on, I feel like I'm speaking to the fellowship of surgeons about to perform operations. As so I stand looking down, and I, I recognize some of you, but I think, oh, am I, is that? Oh, yeah, it is. Is it? I'm not sure. Because we look different. Or maybe you're a group of thugs about to go out and hold up places, you know, and uh, do armed robberies. The kind of experience of warm, smiley fellowship has kind of been broken. We can't sing anymore. And we wonder, how many people are actually online? Are they online? Are they watching online? Are you watching? Are you engaging with God? What's happening? But underneath it all, we know that whatever the circumstances that we are going through, locked in, locked down, that God is on the move and he is working. What happened in this Old Testament context, the original context, uh, Ezekiel tells us in verse 11, that the people were in exile. They were feeling abandoned. They were feeling that there was no hope for them anymore. They said, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. Indeed, we are cut off. And that's how they were feeling. And they allowed their emotions to govern their feeling, their, their, their speech, rather. They spoke what they felt to do that. Do you operate out your feelings? You get into situations, and, and what you feel is what you say. That's what was happening with them, and they were overwhelmed. You know, as in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27, Isaiah says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Because that's how they felt. They felt disregarded by God. They felt hidden from the Lord. We know the famous psalm that was written during the same period by the waters of Babylon, Psalm 137. There we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows, there we hung our lyres, for our captors required us songs and our tormentors' mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they said, We can't do it. We cannot do it. We can't sing like we used to sing. Now we're in captivity. We can't sing like we used to sing. I'm reading the Psalms at the moment. Psalm 42, Psalm 43. It's all about how I used to go with the great procession and the throng and sing the mighty praises of God. Now I come and everybody's got masks on and they're quiet. So there's some kind of experience that they had that we have. Not that we're in exile, but we feel this kind of restrictions that are upon us. And in This vision, Ezekiel sees a valley. Maybe it was a a battle scene or an ambush scene because it's strewn with bleached bones. The day of death has come and gone. The jackals and the birds, the flies, the worms have all come and gone. And now all that lies before is a valley strewn with sun-kissed bones, unburied and unclean. And as the prophet, views this scene, God asks him a question. Can these bones live? Is there going to be life in Croydon? Are we going to see revival? Can we few small groups of people really make an impact in Croydon? Are we going to see revival? Are we going to see God come? Are we going to see something that is truly nation-changing, take place ezekiel is looking at these bones he's looking at the people of israel who were cut off far far away from home can anything come out of this can these bones live it's a good question to ask isn't it it's god's question so it's got to be a good question but what 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 would you say of course of course these bones could live well ezekiel is he's not in unbelief but he's not sure Are you sure? Do you you identify with the way that Ezekiel responds? He says, well, you know, Lord. God knows. God knows where things are going to go. That's how we feel at times. But that's why God commissioned Ezekiel as a prophet. Hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy. Speak into this situation, Ezekiel. You speak to these bones and you command them. And so it tells us here that he prophesied, and as he prophesied, there was a sound, a rattling, the bones began coming together. That's all we're doing at the moment, is it? Elbow to elbow, bone to bone. We're making these beginnings of connections. And I looked, he says, there were sinews, relationships beginning, friendships growing, a common understanding of, of what we have lost and what we hope to regain, how we want to impact our society, how we've been working to reach the next generation through kids club, going into schools, reaching those who are not being taught the gospel by people who love the gospel and believe the gospel. They're not finding it in their homes, they're not finding it in their schools, but we are finding ways in. There's relationships, but it says here, but there was no breath in them. And then he said, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord. And then the breath comes, the Spirit, the wind of God breathes, and the life is put in them, and they become an exceeding mighty army. Well, what happened in this original context was that these people who felt our hope is cut off, we're finished. We're far away from home. God's plans, God's purposes, they've come to an end for us. It's all over and done with. Our way is hidden from God. He's disregarded us. It's a long, long time since we've heard from God. It's all over and done with. But it wasn't. It wasn't. The plans and the purposes of God, they work through history. And God is in no great rush and in no great hurry. I think sometimes we're very frustrated because things don't happen as quickly as we want, and certainly there's good reason to be frustrated as we've seen the decline of the church in our nation over the last hundred years or so. But God is still at work in these people, bedraggled, beaten up, no culture, that they can identify with in Babylon, no temple that they could worship even if they could get home, no king, no leader, no freedom to rule themselves. Can these bones live? The consensus as they looked around in Ezekiel's day was not a hope, mate. It's all over and done with. But God says, my plans and purposes have not finished. And he raises up a man called Cyrus. Cyrus, king of the persians 2 chronicles 36 22 in the first year of cyrus king of persia at the completion of the word of the lord in the mouth of jeremiah the lord aroused the spirit of cyrus king of persia he issued a proclamation throughout the whole kingdom and put it into writing so said cyrus king of persia all the kingdoms of the earth has the lord god of the heavens delivered to me, and he commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judea. Who among you is of all his people? May the Lord his God be with him, and may he go up to Jerusalem. See, a moment comes when God begins to work out his purposes. 70 years in this case between exile and restoration. 70 years is a long time to wait, isn't it? No wonder the bones had got very dry. No wonder the people's hope was feeling cut off. No wonder they felt it's all over. But God says, no, I'm going to raise up a guy called Cyrus. I'll get him to take you back. I'll get him to rebuild. Sure, Ezra, Nehemiah, the later prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, they all kind of play their part. But they reestablished the temple. They reestablish things in Jerusalem. And they lay the foundations into which the Lord Jesus will come from heaven and be born of a virgin, and will live a sinless life, and will die a death on the cross to atone for the sins not of just one generation, but all generations that will transform the whole of human history, and in fact the whole of the universe ultimately. And yet there was a time when that community felt it's all over, we're just dead bones, long, long dead, no hope, cut off, and God can turn things around and form extraordinary tasks. And he can use whoever he wants, whenever he wants, a pagan king called Cyrus. And so he did it. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage myself this morning from these words that God is joining us together. And when, when God wants to put things back together, that's what he does. Bringing people together, bone to bone, bringing community together, saying, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to do something fresh. I'm going to do something new. Whatever dead situations you're faced with and you look at and you think it's impossible, nothing is impossible with God. He's able to turn things around. Think about the way that the church has interpreted this passage over the years. There are several ways. I've no idea what time I started, by the way, so I've no idea what time I'm supposed to finish, but I'm just getting warmed up. Sorry, that was a joke. But I not I've got 10 minutes. I've got 10 points, one minute, each point. That was also a joke. Point number one. We look at sometimes at people who are non-Christians, and we invite them to Alpha. We become friends with them, and we think, I'm getting nowhere here. This is so discouraging. This is so difficult. It's like, if ever there was a dry, dead bone, this person that I'm witnessing to is a dry, dead bone. There's no hope here. This person is never going to get saved. Can this bone live? I'll tell you what, there was a time when I was a dead, dry bone and nobody would have thought I would ever get saved. One person told me after, you're the last person I ever thought would become a Christian. It's true, I was the last person I thought would become a Christian. But God has got his ways. Do you know, over the years I've been a Christian, 35, 40 years, something like that, I don't know, maybe a few more... I've seen Muslims. I've seen Jews. I've seen atheists. I've seen unexpected people getting saved. When I was a very young Christian, I thought it happened a lot more than I've seen it happen in my own experience. But I met a guy, or I knew a family who lived just around the corner from me, and uh, the, the the kind of grandfather figure of the family. He was a really odd character. He was probably an alcoholic. He was violent. He was an unsavory kind of character. And his wife had been brought up in George Muller's orphanage. And she was from a very... She was sweet as, sweet as honey. She was lovely. But she was scared to death by her husband. And he bullied her. And she turned to the Lord and got saved. And he was so nasty that in the end, she moved out and moved in with her daughter. And uh, I, I used to visit him and try and witness to him. I didn't think I was getting very far. And one day... he he got up and he thought, I'll make myself a cup of tea. And as he poured the milk out from the milk bottle, do you remember milk bottles? He saw on the milk bottle an inscription. It said, rinse and return. And God spoke to him through a milk bottle. That's what I need. I need rinsing and returning. And he was saved. I used to work with a man called Cyril Cowdery. He was a swearing uh, cursing man who signed up for the army but they used to in his day they used to do assemblies and in this christian assembly that he had to go to they sang charles wesley's hymn and can it be and they got to the line where it says my chains fell off my heart was free i rose went forth and followed thee as he was singing this he heard chains rattling and in a moment He was born again. He was saved. Did you ever read the story of Philip Mohabir, who was a Hindu brought up in uh, uh, Guyana and went to school and went to an RE lesson and was asked to read the scripture passage. And it was the story of Jesus calling the fishermen on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And as he read the story, he heard the voice of Jesus. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, God can call Muslims. Abdullah, who was from our church originally in Pune in India, got saved when he went with his wife to a Christian conference and afterwards, standing around, they said, Can we pray for you? And he said, Well, okay. But inside he was saying no. They prayed for him, and as they were praying for him, God showed him all his sins, and he was saved. Can these dry bones live? I tell you, they can. We were all dead once, lost in our sins, without hope, without God in the world, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. We weren't playing dead, we were dead to God. We were dead to God and alive to sin. I'd say, before I got saved, I was not only alive to sin, I was addicted to sin. I was allergic to God. But God changed me in a moment. I was born into a new life. I was raised into the spiritual life. God raised us with Christ and seated us in the heavenly places. Can these bones live? That's what the gospel is all about. And when we look at churches, can these bones live? Let's move on to churches, shall we? When we look at the church in London, can it live? can it grow? Can we see the life of God? Well, you know, Lord, but we're praying, we're expecting, we're believing that God is doing something in joining us together. I think that sometimes we think if only we had the right kind of leadership, you know, that would really help us. And sometimes we look at our leaders and we do wonder. I mean, I've been a leader for 30 odd years, very odd years, in one church. And we've not seen the kind of growth and the, and the breakthrough that we wanted. We had a vision of a church of 1,000. We've got to about 120. Well, that's better than 50. But it's not what we want to see. And sometimes I think, if only we could get better leaders. Only I could be a better leader. And then I started to think about the leaders that God used in the church, in the early church. Just, just pick on two. Think about Peter impulsive impetuous not always standing his ground peter the denier peter the impulsive peter the kind of what's he going to say next kind of bloke it's all right reading the story but when he's leading your church or when he's when he's you when that's the way you are it's it's a, it's a, it's a much different th- more, more of a different scenario he's inexperienced he's raw he's unpromising material and yet jesus chooses him and you look and you say what peter what's going to come out of peter but he says later you yourselves like living stones are being built into a spiritual house god use a man like peter he says on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail was it Peter's faith? Was Jesus the rock? I'm not going to get into that. But God can use a man like Peter to establish churches. Well, you might look at Paul. You say, well, at least he was educated. But everything about that man's educated made, education made him ruthless and murderous towards the purposes of God. Deeply passionate, strongly convinced from all his studies that the church must be exterminated. Can this bone live? I suppose Ananias might have thought that when God said, go and pray for him. Can this bone live? Mm. You know, O Lord, he's my chosen instrument. I've called him to bear testimony of my name to the nations. God's able to take a Peter or a Paul. He's able to take a Joseph, a Neil, a John, a John whoever, whoever of you, and use us for his glory and build us into something wonderful. Peter says we're living stones being built together. Paul says we're no longer aliens or strangers, but we are fellow citizens, saints, and members of the house of God of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together, joined, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And you also are being built together to be a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Can these dry bones live? God can do great things using ordinary people, people who've got a bad history, people who've messed up before and after they got saved. Somehow God is able to build his church and he does it by bringing us together. I think I must have about 10 minutes left. Or was it five? Hi. (laughs) Let me just bullet point a few. You might get an expanded version if you listen to the rerun next week. Here's some things that God brings together because he likes bringing things together. He likes pulling all things together. And that we are part of when we look at this vaster vision of how God works. Jews and Jesus. Jews and Jesus coming together. I was going to talk about, but I won't, the fact that this passage has been used by Christians and Jewish Christians particular, to say, this is a plan that God had to bring the Jews not just back from Babylon into Israel, but from all the four corners of the earth into Israel. And in 1948, God brought Jews back to the land. And now, in that land, he's bringing Jews back to Jesus. So there's a movement that we're connected with, where Jews now believe in Jesus. There's between 10 and 15,000 who are identified as members of messianic congregations throughout the land of israel jews and gentiles jews together in the in the worship of god one new man oh that's how that's how god likes to do things bringing them together then we might think about local churches in croydon we've been working with 133 with ccf with ictiac over the years finding ways of standing together in order to make a greater impact. I don't really know, but in the second half of that vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, there's a second part to it. It's not so well known. It's two sticks. And God tells Ezekiel to write House of Joseph and House of Israel, or House of Ephraim, House of of Judah, on each of these sticks, and then hold them together so they look like there's one stick And what joins them together is they're held together by God. And the exact nature of the join is a bit of a mystery because it's concealed in the hand of God. But when we are joined together and working together in the purposes of God, we can make a mighty impact. Because God seems to like bringing people together. Here's a few other things that God plans to bring back together. Body and soul. Can these dry bones live? I'll tell you what. There's a day coming when the power of the gospel won't just result in changed lives here on earth. It won't just result on churches being born, churches coming together, churches working together, but it will result in something that the valley of dry bones kind of uh, pre-displays, pre-figures. Because one day the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And our old bones will be raised and we'll get a new body that you can touch and you can feel, you can eat, you can do all sorts of things, you can sing with. And we shall be together with the Lord forever. Here's another thing that God seems to want to bring back together. Heaven and earth. People sometimes say, I've got a five-year vision. I like to have a bit bigger vision than that. I like to keep my eyes on the end game. I like to think about the time when Jesus will raise the dead, when he will transform the universe. Can these bones live? When I'm, go- I'm looking forward to meeting Spurgeon and Paul and people from the past, people I've never even heard of, but getting to know in eternity and sharing fellowship with. I'm looking for the day when all the good news that we've ever preached and all the fruit that it's ever reaped will be brought together in that great harvest. Because in the plan and the purposes of God, that's where we're going. Our vision must be bigger than Croydon or London. It must be bigger than something just national or even international. It must be global. It must be eternal. We must lift our vision. Otherwise, we might just look around and say, it's not going particularly well at the moment. Can these bones lift? I don't think so. And we might die when we have never really been a more blessed people We might die in a depressed state because we think it's all gone wrong. It hasn't. God is going to do some great things through you and through me. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you've got mystery in your hand when you join together in, in your hand. People, fellowships, nations, We thank you, Lord, that you've got a much bigger canvas than we have. Your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. Who would have thought that out of a dying man on a cross that you would transform the universe? Who would have thought, Lord, that through his cry of dereliction, why have you abandoned me, that we would be the ones who are welcomed in? Through his death, we would inherit life. Oh, Lord, who would have thought? Who would have thought that was the key that would unlock the putting right of everything? And we thank you, Lord, in these days that we have this confidence that dry bones can live because you speak and because you breathe the wind of your spirit through your people. We thank you, Lord, you have made known to us the mystery of your will according to your purpose, which you set forth in Christ for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And we pray, Lord, that as we find one another and build our relationships in love, joy, peace together, Lord, that we may taste and understand more of it. And it may impact our community. It may impact our family. It may impact our friends. It may impact the culture in which we live. Lord, that we may speak with clarity and confidence and see Jesus, central in everything we are and everything we do. We ask it in his name. Amen. Amen.